1: Today, our guest is someone who operates at the intersection of technology and business with a proven track record. It's my pleasure to welcome Steve McCord, Senior Vice President of Technology at Y Hotel. Hi Steve.
0: Hey there, thanks for having me.
1: Please tell us a bit about yourself and what you do.
0: I've been kind of in the product technology world for probably 15-20 years now. Kind of did R&D early on in my career, engineering-wise, jumped into product, jumped back into technology, kind of led big and small teams throughout that whole thing, as big as 200, as small as two. (laughs) Kind of been in the the startup world for this whole time as well, but really kind of focused in on technology and data.
1: Awesome. Sounds like you've had um, a lot of different kinds of experiences. Today, our topic is really at the foundation of any new role. It doesn't have to be an engineering role, but it's especially timely as you have just switched over to a new position. Today, our topic is the first 100 days of becoming an engineering manager. So let's jump right in and um, let me ask you, what is the biggest challenge when you transition to a new place?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think, you know, I've had that challenge in a few things, and I think it kind of depends on the situation, for sure. You know, I've been in organizations that have a track record of a lot of leadership overturn, and they already have an established team and things like that. And that's a little different versus what I'm currently dealing with, which is kind of more of a greenfield team. There's been no technology in this organization. My task is to bring technology into the organization and bring that technological background to the organization. You have kind of two main problems the first is everywhere you have to catch up there's a bunch of decisions being made there's people that are ahead of you essentially they understand the business better than you they may even understand the technology stack better than you and really you're trying to get to that point where you know just as much or maybe better, right? That that's mm-hmm. the ideal state for me, right? Is that you know, inside any technology organization, they're always looking for you to provide some answers. And when that when you have that first hundred days, you don't really know anything, right? You're kind of like, oh, why did that decision get made? And what is this piece of technology and it's beyond technology to your point of it's it's not just a technological problem it's uh you know why did we make this business decision six months ago and things like that the other thing that's relevant if you have an established team is really getting to know the staff on hand i'd say my last job you know there was an established engineering culture and team of 40 people that I had to quickly understand what they did, what they were good at, were they good for the organization, <laughs> these types of things. so you're you're constantly balancing like the business and technological understanding of what's going on as well as you know understanding who's in the building, the under utilizing your emotional intelligence to understand the people in the building, are they good engineers? you're evaluating talent but you're also evaluating like personalities and do they, do they clash with you? Do, is the organization desire that type of personality, those types of things. So you're kind of in evaluation mode and trying to get through that hump as much as possible.
1: Mm -hmm. So you are basically getting to know everything around you and catching up as fast as possible. Do you have any, specific steps for us what should our first 100 days look like what are the most crucial things that we must get accomplished within the first 100 days
0: yeah i mean i think as a leader especially if you're in the executive rung you know they're really looking for you to make your stamp and create a plan of what's going on and that kind of depends on the organization again right you know inside of my current organization it is fast and furious i have to make a lot of decisions regardless of 100 days i have to make them first week i was in the building right there's was no technology and they really need help kind of defining that vision where we're going and we got to make some choices mm-hmm. you know i'd say in my previous worlds you know it wasn't such a maybe a rush to to make some decisions and i actually tend to hold off on making really rushed decisions without full context because know that can be a very dangerous thing you know so some of my tricks that i tend to you know do is you know the the typical things like from a technology standpoint i want to access all the source code i want to understand the documentation of what's going on so i can really understand not only the technology stack that we have but also the talent that's writing that tech stack right understanding you know how are they commenting how are they committing their code what does the architecture look like and things like that now that's very technological, for sure. The other things that I tend to look for are non technology or anything. What's our budget? Uh, what is the product offering? What's the roadmap of the product? What are some of the business contracts that we have in place today? Really understanding this, the staffing and the roster, I tend to just do that with one-on-ones, right? I'm not generally a one-on-one reoccurring. But I think that first initial 100 days, you really have to get to know people. Mm -hmm. And that's not just like, you really need to evaluate if they're good talent, but you also have to understand what makes them tick. What's their motivations? Like, you know, sometimes culture can be a problem in organizations and sometimes I've been brought in to fix the technological culture of an organization. You have to really dive deep and go, what's broken, (laughs) Right. (laughs) right? in that exact instance and then you've got to figure out are the people broken is the system broken is it the company that's broken and we're just all falling in line to that that kind of thing the other thing is what your peer set looks like right and I guess that goes across anything even if you at the executive rung you need to understand what type of leadership you 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 have right do you have a very hands-on let's dig in type of executive team or do you have a much more hands-off let's push everything down. Very different styles. You've got to make sure you understand that. I'd say you'd hope that you find out a lot of this stuff during the interview process, but sometimes you don't get that that luxury for sure. You're really trying to figure out back to the plan. What are all the things that you need to do to make your 30, 60, 90 days really impactful for the organization? And for me, it's not about perception so much. It's about making sure that you're making a great impact and you're actually putting together a plan that really moves the organization forward, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are the kind of things that I tend to think through, you know, to get moving. Mm
1: -hmm. Just so we we can all be on the same page, why hotel is really... A new kind of service in the accommodation industry. Would you care to enlighten us about how it joins up with technology, what Y Hotel does and, and how it works?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting business model. I think Jason and Bao, the founders of Y Hotel, you know, really went about this in the right way. I've been in a few startups and it's very easy to think that you need technology right out of the gate. You know it's kind of weird saying this as a technologist but oftentimes technology is very expensive you got right. expensive to manage you gotta you gotta build roadmaps there's there's just things that you have to deal with and talent alone is expensive right and so you know what they really went about is said i'm gonna prove this business model and really what, what the business model is is hey there's condos that are being built throughout the nation it takes years for them to fill to get rentals or people to buy them or anything like that. And essentially we come in and say, Hey, we can operate a hotel for you in between nine and 18 months. And we can, we can start giving you revenue while you're, you're trying to get these apartments leased out. We bring a little bit of more luxury hotel experience to Mm -hmm. to the whole game. So it's very much of an operating company and hospitality company. So it's all about guest experience and making sure our experience is better than most. And instead of going to, you know, a hotel and just getting a bed in a one room, you know, you can go to ours and get a one bedroom apartment. Right? right. And so, you know, there's some luxury to that. Now, where the technology piece can come in is where I think the hospitality industry has lacked probably big time to date is how can technology build efficiencies to pricing models, for example, like how do we price our our hotels, like how can how can we use machine learning and, and data science to do that? That's something new that I have to bring into Y Hotel. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we gain efficiencies of operating the company? It's just, it's just bare bones as that, right? We've been doing this with bodies, and that's great because we are all we were trying to do is prove the business model worked. Now we've got some sense that hey, this business model works. Now we got to scale this thing. Now we need to pop up even more hotels and and really gain traction and scale out the organization it's harder to do that with bodies right and and then ultimately long term why hotel sees it as itself as a technology platform right strategically Mm -hmm. they need to be and we need to be a technology platform developers real estate developers can come to and use our platform to kind of perform this type of hospitality living. Like, so there's a big chunk of work for me to do and needy work to be done. It's very Greenfield because we don't really have technology. We've just been operating with bodies today.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's a two way challenge. It's evangelizing kind of the, the company into technology. And it's also you coming to the company as a, in a new position as the, as the SVP. So is there anything specific that you'd recommend that someone who is in a similar position does what is it that you have to pay closest attention to
0: it depends on each company right right but i I will say that i think there's two main things that i tend to do and they're not very even technological right i mean i think there's just the table stakes of yes you have to you have to make sure you figure out your architecture and things like that. But I think people often t- rush into figuring that out, meaning, hey, if we don't necessarily know what the business problem is, we shouldn't really probably be talking about technical architecture and diving super deep and getting real, real heavy there. Right. And so for me, you know, just in why hotel and in general, like I say, everywhere is like, I like to build two main things, trust and culture uh, mm-hmm. around this. Right. And why hotel? This is interesting because, it isn't a technological company. Most folks here are from real estate and hospitality, so there could be a, a natural inclination. What's this technical guy doing? Right, it, yeah. it's not in my world. Right, and so I tend to like to kind of breed trust. Right, is like how do I make decisions so it's not tearing people apart? Like not going in and saying, why did you make this decision, right? Like, you know, hey, I'm sure there were reasons why we made decisions, let's talk about them, right? And right. you know, really kind of proving yourself out that you're a team player, right? Even at the executive level, and I'm one that really believes that even executives have to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? You can't just say things, you have to really show people What yours, and that's a cultural component, right? We have to show them that you're open and transparent about communication. You have, you're empathetic and you have an emotional intelligence, you know, just kind of really demonstrate my core values of being accountable and transparent to the team and show them how to be right. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really a big thing. I I like to listen and like kind of what are all the challenges of the organization. And so I think these two things are very softy feely for sure and it sounds weird coming from a technologist but i think if you can set these type of tones and you can build trust across the organization that hey steve's going to handle it Mm -hmm. then there's a lot a lot of things that just become easier long term right if you know i want to make a big decision people go oh well i trust steve he's very uh, honest about what he does he works really hard you know things are just much easier after you kind of set those kind of things out now in addition to Y-Hotel, it's I'm making meaty technical conversation. We have to vendor selections and mm-hmm. just what our code stack's going to look like. And even as basic as what our IT infrastructure needs to look like, right? It's you definitely still need to make some core decisions, but you have to make sure you're evangelizing that across organizations so they don't feel like Steve is just jamming stuff down my throat, right? It's got to feel like we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tend to like to get that sense of culture and trust across the organization as I start progressing. I mean, even today, this is my third week at Y Hotel. I'm really focusing in on showing people, hey man, I want to get my hands dirty. I want to figure out what are the problems across this organization so I can help. Mm -hmm. It's not about me pointing and go, oh God, you guys made so many bad choices, right? Like that's not helpful. And nor did they really make any poor choices for the time being right and a year ago that might have been a great choice right and so who am i to come in and act like i'm holier than now? right <laughs> right mm-hmm. i think having that kind of empathetic personality and a humble kind of approach i think is very important when you come into an organization i think when you come off like a know-it-all or you're just making decisions buyer be damned you know i think i think even if it's the right choices, I think people are off-put and then it can actually hurt you long-term down the road.
1: Right, right. It almost sounds like you bring this kind of a retrospective mindset into your everyday. So you mentioned you just joined and it's your third week at Y Hotel, but you touched on the fact that the decisions that you encounter might have been the best decisions that they could have made at the time with the knowledge that they had. And with their best intentions. So is there anything that you would do differently? Now you're three weeks in, this might be a bit early of a question, <laughs> but would you would you point to anything?
0: Not yet at my current stage. I think it's a bit early right now. I, I will say that in my past lives, I, I think you've nailed it, is I tend to like to look at my past and understand where I've kind of misstepped. And I think now I don't know, maybe hit me up in six months and I'd probably, I'm (laughs) sure I will have many failures. (laughs) I do not deny that. But I'd say in my previous life, I think there's a few things that I've done that I I tend to learn from now is, I think one is jumping into rash decisions. I think it's easy to do, to be honest. I think people look at any kind of hire and go, oh my God, they're gonna solve the problem. Let's solve it right now. Mm -hmm. And I think in my youth, I have oftentimes just said, "Damn it, let's just go and let's just figure it out, right?" And I think you still need to do that because I think, you know, figuring it out while doing it is really important because planning it and sometimes it's hard and sometimes you got to learn by doing. But being arrogant to think you can solve problems in weeks, I think, is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that doesn't actually and it may be the wrong problem to solve. I think that's kind of more where my thinking goes is that. When you listen to the loudest person or the first person talking to you in an organization, it's their perspective. And I think it's very important to really understand what's going wrong. And if it's going right, awesome. But oftentimes you're brought in to solve some problems and you know, sometimes people get it wrong on what the real problem is. And I've, I've gone down paths where I'm building, I'm building. And then I, you know, we take a step back and go, well, that's not the problem at all and we just wasted six months, right? And so I think this goes into my next point is like really establishing goals and accountability structure from the top is super important. And I try to do that when I come in and set a tone at the executive level that that needs to happen. Because I think if we have moving targets, if we're not really clear what we're trying to solve at an organizational level and a strategic value for the company, then we're all just running around in different directions. And I've definitely felt that in many organizations that I've been a part of, because I don't think there was alignment at the top or, Mm -hmm. you know, people said one thing and then everybody walked out and did another thing, right? So I tend to try to do that. And there's times where I've just completely whiffed on that to be quite frank, and I haven't been successful. And it actually affects the culture and the people working in the building a lot more because they're working hard and they're moving in the wrong direction and they don't even know it. <laughs> I think I think that that's a leadership failure on my part. I think I've done that in the past and I try to take that forward and say, Hey, let's not do that. And it's easy to do that sometimes at the executive level when you don't understand all the, the core problems or or maybe there's not alignment at the leadership level on the right approaches or what the right thing is for the company.
1: Mm-hmm. So I sense that you have you have kind of pointed out that when joining in as a new tech leader, you shouldn't be pushed into making rash decisions and you shouldn't try to fulfill the expectations coming in because it may be that the expectations are not properly set up. What else should you not do during this first 100 days? What do you see as something that people tend to get wrong?
0: It's a good question. The first thing I think about is watch out for past decisions. There are sacred cows in almost every organization I've ever been a part of. (laughs) So really just be careful there. I mean, I think if you come in and you go, hey, Project X is stupid. You come off very, you know, that's just not a very empathetic way to one, approach a problem. And two people are gonna just be put off by you. And even if that sacred cow is wrong or needs to be fixed, There's ways to approach that. And I I think that's just using some common sense and emotional intelligence. And I I know that's uh, maybe a softy way to do it, but I think emotional intelligence is often lacking in technology organizations for sure. That's one thing I never do. (laughs) Even if you think the decision was so wrong that nobody could make that, you know, you don't have all the context of what's happened in the past. You don't know... You know, it, it would be so arrogant of me to think that I just have all the answers, right? Mm-hmm. And so I tend to, like I said, I try to bring humility to the job and respect the people that are there, even if they made poor choices or whatever, right? And I think I've seen this, you know, I've seen tech leaders come in, even working for me. I've come in and just beat the shit up on a, on a tech stack or something like, oh, I don't like this code or, you know, this decision was so stupid. And they might be right, taking a step back, I could even say they were probably 100% right. But you don't say it that way. There's ways to approach it. And even if the engineering talent is bad in an organization or or lacks creativity, people still put pride into their work. Just treating people with a monicum of respect, even if you're going to remove them from an organization i think people appreciate that and i think people take that to heart and respect what you're doing more and i think it goes back to i think people if people respect you and know that you're empathetic to the problems they either one are going to get motivated by that or two even if they're not motivated by that and you have to remove them there's still mutual respect and we can all part in good ways and it doesn't have to be negative thing that's maybe where i focus mostly
1: right so You mentioned coming from the company's perspective, I'm sure you have welcomed many new leaders into the companies that you've worked for and you've maybe helped other engineering managers take on this path. How do you think a company can make this this transition as seamless as possible?
0: It depends. That's like my answer for everything. uh, (laughs) I think about it in different levels, right? I'm an SVP right now of technology, right? I need some guardrails. Right. I don't have any qualms of talking to my leader who I report into and say, Hey, where the guardrails need to be? And what I mean by guardrails is, Hey, where should I focus a little bit? Mm -hmm. now I'm senior enough to understand, like, give me the guardrails and I'll figure out the rest. You know, that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Some people need very clear things. And I think that if you just do guardrails everywhere and you assume everyone is aligned, that can be dangerous. So one of the things that I really preach inside organization is we have to be crystal clear on what our strategic goals are for a year, a quarter, a month. Oftentimes I think leaders forget that and it almost just becomes this, Hey, we're just working towards something and we don't even know. I've talked to many people who are working the front lines and they're like, why are we doing this? They don't even understand the impact or what they're doing. And that's a failure on leadership. If I think about middle management, to me it's really setting clear priorities of like, these are the things that I need accomplished accomplish in a quarter, right? When I think about senior engineers, and I mean, let's go even further down the spectrum, junior engineers, you can't give too much latitude. I do believe in freedom, right? I think one of the things that I preach around here is, I wanna bring in developers that know how to work. I'm not here to babysit, I'm here to teach, I'm here to mentor, and I'm here to guide. Right. But I don't, I don't want to sit here and be the taskmaster and tell you exactly what to do. But there is a barometer there, right? Like for me, probably at one of the most senior technology levels, you know, give me some guardrails. Let me figure out the priorities. I just want to make sure that I'm focused on the right areas of the business to add strategic value. That's my first three weeks here. I'm asking those questions like am I focusing in on the right problem? Mm-hmm. You know, I just hired somebody on Monday first day. I'm clearly saying, hey, this area is a problem you dive deep you know and she's really you know diving deep on the problem i'm not telling her exactly how to dive deep but i'm giving her hey this area of focus is super important but that comes from my leader telling me hey these areas are important so i'm going to put somebody on my team very focused in on that problem because i can't go super deep on it myself to me, I think it's a goal-setting process. It's, mm-hmm. it's setting priorities. It's actually leadership communicating to the rest of the company what's important, too. And I think that's often overlooked. If we just tell everybody in pocket vacuums of what's important, then everybody can interpret things differently, right? And so I think it's very clear. We've got to be very clear at the leadership level to say, these are the things that are important for us. Anything else on not on this list? Let's not talk about it. Right. Let's not mm-hmm. distract anybody else in this organization around it, because the main goal that we want to create is uninterrupted focus on people solving problems, especially in technology. Right. You know, it's an art. It needs a immense amount of focus. Right. If you're distracted all the time and getting pulled here and there, things don't get delivered. And then expectations aren't set. And then how do we hold each other accountable? (laughs) You know, all that good stuff, right? So for me as a leader on my team, I'm thinking through all those things for my team coming in, right? I have a team of three people coming in and I wanna set clear expectation of what needs to be delivered. What's priority and what I expect out of them. And I expect them to have enough wherewithal to make great decisions, but I'm gonna hold them accountable to deliver. And they know that from me. Right. And if they don't deliver, we we should talk about why we're not delivering, mm-hmm. because anything in technology is all about delivering value to the customer. If we're not doing that, what the hell are we doing around here? Right. And so for me as a leader that I try to set clear expectations about that. I often try to when I'm at the executive rung, I try to make sure all of our executive rung is doing that exact same thing across the organization, because if the other organizational units aren't doing that, it can also create churn inside of a technology organization or throughout an organization. So I think it's simple in a lot of ways, but it's often messed up. Right. <laughs> and so right. I think no matter how you do it, create focus that's aligned to your enterprise value is super
1: critical. We have touched on quite a few things. We have talked about um, the strategic goals. We have ch- talked about clear communications. We have talked about getting to know your team. And we have also talked about getting to know your peers and the leadership inside an organization. We touched on some of the things that might go wrong in the beginning and people should avoid doing, and we also touched on some of uh, the company's responsibilities and, and expectations when a new technology leader comes into play. Is there anything that we haven't touched on and you think is important to mention?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the one other thing I'd say is it kind of goes hand in hand with trust and culture, but building relationships. I mean, that's what we're really doing inside of organizations as well. I know we're getting things done, but I really think establishing relationships across the organization is super important. You know, your cross-discipline interest with, you know, even human resources or, the business line sales things like that i mean i think showing humility of engineering is super important like don't don't be this the token engineering asshole, right Uh, (laughs) I, i think is i think is important and i think it ingratiates you across the organization i think showing honest interest in the business or your peers discipline is really important of hey you're you're selling what does that look like how does that affect me you know genuine interest. If you're not, then you got to be real. Don't fake it. But for me, I'm I'm genuinely interested on how different business units run and things like that. Because you got to put all the pieces together, right? You've got to show the product and the engineering strategy all co- coalescing together. You know, showing your work is really important to me. Everywhere, right? Showing your value. What did you do and show it to me? That's that's super important. And then just really installing confidence throughout the organization that you're going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of the heart and soul of this, is that you've got to show you got to build confidence as quickly as possible that you're the guy, right. right? You know, they're making a bet on you. You know, it's a hiring process, right? Like any great hire. You know, I, I fancy myself a pretty good hire, but I've missed, and you know what I mean. You, you're gonna miss 20% of the time at best. They're making a bet on you and you've got to show them that you're the one to bet on that's doing the things that I just talked about, but like, really it comes down to confidence and if they've got confidence in you, then it's, they've got trust in you and they go, well, Steve's going to crush it. I, I know him. he's, 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 he's killing it right on all this other stuff. So I think those are the, the final pieces I would say about on relationship building.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Where could our listeners follow you or, or find your work online?
0: Yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't really have much social presence, but if you want to learn about me, I'm on LinkedIn, a public profile there. You can kind of see my history there. I have a couple public GitHub repos there Mm -hmm. under Stephen Ward, but yeah, you can kind of follow my work. That's probably the best way to follow my work there.
1: Awesome. Be sure to find Steve on LinkedIn. Thank you, Steve, for this insightful talk. Yeah,
0: no, thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for staying with us today on Level Up Engineering. Our guest today was Stephen McCord from Y Hotel. My name is Carolina Toth, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was
0: the Level Up Engineering podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time.